Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Each of these three guys has um, faithfully followed God and God has taken them out, so to speak. Um, some are uh, maybe slightly different from, from what most of us would ever do and, and certainly different from what the secular world would, would ever expect us to do. So um, we're going to ask them a few questions and, and try and find out a little bit about what they've done and what that's been like. So guys, maybe just to begin with, could you each just in one sentence introduce yourselves? Just tell me or tell everybody your name where you're from and what you do or what you have done that you're going to talk about this evening. I'll start then. Hello, my name is Joe uh, and I come from Bangor, from this church. I've been working uh, as a joiner since I left school in 2004 and then the last two years I've been serving on the Logos Hope. Hi, my name's Philip Craig. I'm from Newton Arts. Uh, I fellowship in King's Fellowship here in Bangor, and I'm part of the team that heads up uh, Safe Zone uh, here in the town in Bangor on a, a Friday night, Saturday night, and now a Sunday afternoon as well. My name is Robert, and I'm from Newcastle County, Dine. Uh, just missing. I'm from Jamaica, and I'm here as. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the term that is used now is a reverse missionary, um, but I mean missionaries come wherever they are needed. So I'm just a missionary working here, uh, volunteering as an outdoor instructor, but a missionary. If that makes sense. Thank you, guys. That was a little bit like the TV show, Take Me Out, when the, the man comes down the, the tunnel and addresses the ladies. So that's our, that's our introductions. Um, okay, Joel, we're going to start with you with a few questions. So you've spent two years living on a boat. Correct, yeah. Now, you obviously don't just wake up one morning and think, I'm going to go and live on a boat for two years. Um, how, how did that come about? How did God call you towards, um, towards that ministry? Uh, yeah, well, you're right. I didn't just wake up one morning uh, and just like a, a blinding light or something. It wasn't like that for me, though God can work in that way too. Um, actually, people ask me, how did I get called to the ship? I wasn't really called as such to the ship. I don't know. Oh, there's the ship there. Look, <laughs> that was my home for two years. Um, so I, I didn't really wake up one morning and say, I want to go to the ship. Actually, um, what happened for me was I felt God's call into mission specifically overseas, uh, and God really used a, a book by John Piper called Don't Waste Your Life. If I could recommend any book, I don't know if the Faith Mission bookstall are selling it. I'm sure they have it in their shop. Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. If you read that book, uh, beware, because it, it completely changed my whole life. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I, I, I felt in that book, and I realized through John Piper pointing to passages in the Bible that actually God's desire is for mission all over the world. And, and actually for every single one of us who claims to be a Christian, that's something we all need to be and should be a part of. Uh, so that was kind of what started for me. That was around 2007. 
I kind of got a call out. Um, and just one more question. What, what was your actual role on the, on the boat? On the boat, what did I do? Yeah, what did you do? Well, as I said before, I was a joiner. So I was kind of in part doing maintenance and in part kicked into the engine room because they needed people in there too. Getting a bit greasy. Okay, excellent. Thanks. Aside from all the ministry that the ship does on top of that. Yeah. So if you'd like to know more about what the ship does, there's no M store out back. Cool. Phil, so you've mentioned that you work um, with Safe Zone. Um, maybe some people here have um, know about Safe Zone, but could you tell us just a little bit more about what, about what that's all about? Yeah. Uh, Safe Zone has been going in Bangor now for almost 30 years uh, in one form or another. And basically, it's a ministry of helps where on a Friday and a Saturday night, we'll have teams out in Bangor, uh, as the name says, providing a safe zone for, for people who may be in distress. But what we do, we have, we have members of the team who are first aid trained, uh, suicide awareness trained, all of these uh, things, just to be able to interface with people who maybe find themselves in crisis at the end of a, a night out. And uh, there's plenty of them uh, in Bangor on a weekly basis. So we are there on the street seeking to help people in need and then using that as an opportunity to share the love of God and just let people know that in the midst of their difficulty, God can be there for them. Great. And how did you get involved in that ministry? I suppose for me it was slightly different because there was a need at the time for... uh, someone to become involved in leadership. So I actually entered into the, the activity at, at that level. But uh, I suppose in my heart, over and above that, uh, for me, mission has to be lifestyle. You know, it's not a bolt on to life. It is part and parcel of life. So whether your, uh, your mission field is your house and your family who you live with, your neighbors in your street, your colleagues at work, or the people falling drunk out of the bar on a Friday and a Saturday night. Uh, All of those people are loved by God, and we are each one of us called to be lights to the reality of that fact. Would you describe your your role there as as easy? No. (laughs) No, it's... uh, but very, very rewarding, you know, to see people's lives touched by God and, and something that we're seeing more and more, uh, you know, on, on, a, on a Saturday night in Bangor, it wouldn't be unusual to see the police on one side of the street throwing somebody into the back of a van uh, with good cause, I hasten to add. Uh, but on the other side of the street, we're standing praying for people. Uh, as the crowds go past, and uh, it's lovely. We even have people ordering their taxis to collect them from the Christians uh, outside McCulloch's, <laughs> which is really good. Great, thank you. We'll, we'll hear a little bit more about Safe Zone in a few minutes. Now, Robert, um, from, from Jamaica, uh, I, I, think this is, um, I think this is really cool. Ireland, I know Ireland has a very rich a very rich mission heritage um, for hundreds and hundreds of years, almost two thousands of years. 
2,000 years. Hundreds of missionaries have went out from Ireland all over the world. Um, I know at one point during the Middle Ages, Bangor, where we are right now, was a, a hot spot for mission in Europe, um, which, which is maybe hard to believe now. But um, we have a really rich uh, mission heritage. Now, you've done... Um, you've came to Ireland as a missionary, which is something that maybe we're not quite used to, having people come to us. How did that come about? How did you end up in, in Northern Ireland from Jamaica? Um, I first came to Northern Ireland in 2005 and just thought the weather was brilliant. Um, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> <really>. a lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I came over in 2005 as a part of a cross-cultural missions team, um, working with Murloc House for two weeks, working with some kids in an estate um, in Newcastle called Burndale. Then I led the team over 2006 and came back for the winter months. Then, um, like, there's always someone who went ahead of you that kind of inspired you. And my inspiration was Jim Elliott. As a young seminarian, I heard the story of Jim Elliott that he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which, that which he cannot lose. And that really just kind of revolutionized my view on life and everything. So I made a decision in 2007 to come back to Northern Ireland as a long-term missionary, um, doing work again with the Burndale. The Burndale in Newcastle is um, one of those estates where you have a lot of drugs, a lot of um, probably just neglected kids and stuff like that. And while I didn't fall in love with the weather, I fell in love with the kids. And when I had to leave the, the first time I came, there was just tears because I saw kids that just needed someone to stand beside them, someone they could connect with. So it was the need there for these, just to connect with these kids and just to be the Christ lived out for them was what brought me back here and has kept me back, coming back since. Cool. So can you describe to us just a little bit what, what your week generally looks like? All right, well, this time around, since I've been back since 2010, and I'm volunteering at a YMCA outdoor center in Newcastle. But I do outdoor stuff, the cool stuff, zipline, and the crazy stuff, walking up a cold river in the middle of March. Um, so that's what I do as a volunteer at the Green Hill YMCA. But I also do youth work. Well, not really youth work, but there's a faith-based organization in Newcastle called the Kairos Center. And every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday night, and Sunday night, we have youth drop-ins where uh, myself and an American guy, who is also a missionary here, just go alongside the kids, provide a place for them to vent, a place for them to feel free to just be kids. But at the same time, the ethos of this center is definitely to make the gospel of Jesus Christ known to them. So we use various forms, we use short stories, we take them for a walk and tell them about Jesus Christ, tell them about our lives. But the real thing is just that it's a life witnessing thing, so our lives have to impact them. But through this center, that's what we do. Fantastic. Great. Let's go back, <clears throat> back to Joel. Um, now, the Christian, the Christian life for anybody is about living and learning, constantly learning from God. I'm sure you had a, a, there was a lot of amazing things that you learned while away with OEM. Could Would you like to tell us just a, a couple of things that, that you learned uh, on your travels? Yeah, like, um, I don't, it's hard to say what the, the most, the biggest lesson was. I guess, though, if I could put it down to one thing, I really learned a lot about discipline uh, in my time on the ship. And, and that word discipline, you know, sometimes summer ups, sums up memories of a 
parent disciplining the children, but in, in terms of relationship with God, if, you know, we all want to have a deeper relationship with God, but in order to have that deeper relationship with God, we've got to have discipline and spending time with Him. And, uh, and I find that actually, if I want uh, to be able to hear God, to hear His voice, I've got to set aside time every day to do that. And the ship is a, quite a, a disciplined environment and uh, something that I really was able to take from it was uh, being able to, to try and instill some of that discipline in myself. Something that God really taught me was essential. Cool. Um, do, do you have a, a favorite country that you visited? or? Um, depends what you want to see um, or what you want a class's favorite. Um, the Philippines was pretty amazing. I'm wearing a Philippines t-shirt tonight, so you know, let's, let's go with that. That's great. Philippines was great. Sure, for any... Yeah. <laughs> Bit of support Filipinos, for the Philippines. I don't know, great. <laughs> um, any particular reason? Uh, the people are just the loveliest people in the world that you'll ever meet. Most humble, lovely people. Cool. And um, did your time away, did it, did it change your relationship with God at all, um, besides, the, besides the big lessons? Uh, absolutely. I mean, as I said before, I was working as a joiner uh, in, in Bangor and around Northern Ireland. And uh, I was, you know, as most of us do, we, we earn a wage, uh, we work hard, we earn a wage, uh, and then we pay for things that we need. Uh, and that's absolutely essential. It's how the, the world ticks around. You know, we, we have to earn a living. But I found that in that, I was more self-dependent than I was dependent on God. Take away a solid wage and uh, take away income that, that I can earn myself. Uh, and having to rely on the support of other people who are so generous uh, from churches, friends, and family. Um, whenever that was put in place, I found that my dependence on God increased uh, so, so much. So uh, another thing I just really learned as, as I went along the way that I'm just so dependent on God for everything and, and much more thankful for even daily bread. Yeah. Excellent. Um, um, what, what are you doing now? Are you still tilled in the joinery? I, well, I'm, I'm turning my hand a bit of it as well, but I'm actually I'm starting on Monday in Irish Baptist College, so uh, that's the next three years, and then seeing what, what God has after that. Great, thank you. Thanks, brother. Phil, um, so you've told us a little bit about Safe Zone, a little bit what it looks like night tonight. Is there any, any stories that you would like to share with us tonight, just anything that's, that's happened from the, the last few years? Well, I suppose a couple of things. Uh, just how God moves in, in people's lives. There's a guy on the team at the moment, uh, and he's been on the team for a long, long time. Uh, when the team initially encountered him, uh, he was living in the street. Uh, if you, you know the harbor here and the, the big breakwater that they have, uh, he would have slept in the polo mints, as they're called, uh, of the breakwater. Uh, and this guy at, at the bottom, through being shown love, God's love, and the fact that, okay, he couldn't bring things back on his own, but God loved him, and there were people who were willing to show him that love. And that guy is now part of the team uh, and has been for a number, number of years. Uh, and to bring it right up to now, uh, 
there's a wonderful hap thing happened, well, maybe this time last year. There was a young guy had been engaging with us over several weeks, maybe, maybe two, three months, and just again and again he was coming along, now full drunk or out of his head on, on drugs. Uh, but he would come and he would sit for maybe an hour, two hours of a night and just talk. And we, we began to wonder where it was going, but we were praying for him and, and continued to engage with him. And then one night, two people that, he, that used to be in the scene that he was in, they, they would have taken drugs together. Uh, and they walked past and they were clean now. Uh, now, there was no suggestion that, that God had done anything in their lives, but he was sitting still in the position that they had been in, or that he'd been in with them several years earlier, and now he sees these individuals walking past, and their lives seem to be together. Now, this obviously played on him, and the Lord used this to work on him through the week, and he came back the following week, and his... Uh, comment to us as soon as he arrived was, I have had enough. I am at the end of my rope. Can you get me help? Basically. And we got him down into a rehab house in Drogheda uh, where he gave his life to the Lord. Uh, and that guy's life was completely turned around. Uh, now, I'm not going to say his name in case any of you know him, but pray for him. God knows who he is because there's still that struggle for him. Uh, but then we, th there are things that you never see because it was, one of our team was in a meeting one night and a person was standing up giving their testimony. And the, the start of the testimony was God began to speak to me through a group of Christians who were handing out coffee in the main street in Bangor on a Saturday night. You know, now we had no clue of that. We didn't know that God had been moving in that individual's life. But you know what? What is important in our service for God is not the expectation that we will see something happen night after night. God calls us to be faithful to the mission he has given us. And after that, it's up to him. It is him who draws people to himself. We are simply called to be the light. Through the power of his indwelling Holy Spirit, we fulfill the ministry he has given us. We are faithful in showing his love to others. And through that, God does his work in the lives of men and women and boys and girls to his glory. Fantastic. Absolutely great to hear stories of God at work right in our doorstep. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people here from Bangor. Can people get involved with Safe Zone? Yeah, certainly. Uh, obviously, prayer is a big thing. I, I mentioned this morning, uh, Paul says, through your prayers, and the help of the Holy Spirit, we will accomplish the mission God has given us. And perhaps the most important, well, not perhaps, but the most important thing 
that any of you can do for us is to pray for us. Uh, just that God would continue to guide us and, and lead us to what he's called us to do. Uh, but we're always looking for new volunteers. Uh, at the minute, we have maybe 35 active volunteers representing some 10 churches, 12 churches in the Bangor area. Uh, but by the very nature of what we do, our volunteer base uh, fluctuates, it ebbs and flows. And if anyone's interested in volunteering, then you could see me afterwards tonight, but usually what we do, people are just in, invited down of a night to see what goes on. If they're still interested after they see the nitty gritty of a Saturday night in Bangor, uh, then they come down and spend a few weeks with us. And at the end of that, if they still want to be involved, then they, they come on board. Great, thank you. Okay, okay. lastly then, <clears throat> Robert, um, I'm, I'm interested in hearing a little bit about how you've ad adapted to, to Northern Irish culture, how you find that. I know everything that I know about Jamaica comes from um, probably Bob Marley and, and Cool Runnings. Uh, I dread to think what everything Jamaicans know about Ireland comes from, who knows. Um, how has it been adapting to Northern Irish culture? Uh, well, I find myself, instead of saying town, saying tyne and dine, and all these words just sound different to me now. Um, but apart from that, the, I think the scariest part of it was get the church culture, uh, because our culture back home is a wee bit different, and I hear the laughs and stuff. I think some people might have gone to Jamaica and been to church, um, but it's a, it was a wee bit different, um, just in the way we worship, um, which would probably be the, the, the primary thing, but then I found a wee Baptist church that I felt comfortable in and just started going there. And that church helped me to get integrated into the church community, not just within the Baptist, but outside of the Baptist church. Um, I'm still adjusting to the, to the food. Um, so that, that, that's been um, a wee bit unnerving when I just came over. But thankfully, when I just came over, there was a lady who tried Jama cooking Jamaican food for us, so we appreciated it. Um, but the most startling thing for me, and I don't want to say it's a culture, because I really think it's more a curse than a cultural thing, is the hopelessness among young people that I see here. And Jamaica is not a very rich country financially, but every young person aspires to be something, even though sometimes it seems ludicrous to the parents. Um, a wee boy might aspire to be a doctor or an astronaut, and you ask him what an astronaut is, and he says someone who fixes cars or whatever else. But the aspiration is always there. Here, I'll go to a guy at 16 or 15, about to finish high school, and I say, what do you want to be in your life? And he's like, nothing. And that, for me, is just really, really unnerving, and I think a lot of the social um, things that you find that come out of it is just the fact that there's no hope among some kids. And that's, you know, where I want to point these guys to that, listen, there's hope. And the primary source of hope is really Jesus Christ. Yes, it's great. Um, it's very interesting to hear um, your, your take on, on, on the, the state of the church here. Um, what, what's your, what's your long-term plan then? Do you plan on sticking around? Um, long-term plan, I've recognized over the last few years, my, me and my American friend, that single men don't do well away from home. Um, 
And we have, we have seriously tried over the last, well, I've been here three years, he's been here five years. We've seriously tried to find um, a wonderful Irish damsel, but <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so seriously, like my, I have, because I plan in increments rather than long term. So it's something I need to address. And the only way to address that is to find somewhere that's fruitful. So I'm moving between Jamaica and the States um, probably at the end of the year. It could be as early as six months, um, six weeks, but I'm looking to push that back until December and then returning home, doing ministry between Jamaica and the um, United States. I want to start a virtual um, missions hosting organization where I just connect with um, different groups like accommodation groups, transport groups, but get guys from the States to come down who play basketball, football, and use sports to... Minister, Usain Bolt phenomenon is helping the church as well because you can go anywhere and open sports doors and people come. And in terms of, because I'll always keep volunteering. I've been a Christian now for a few years and my life started, my ministry started 10 hours after I got saved. You know, so I was out on the street witnessing to people 10 hours after becoming a Christian. So I've only known a life of ministry as a Christian life. So I'm going home to work with a boys' detention center for young lads who would be deviant. And I'm going to try to use football and basketball as a remedial tool for them. But then, of course, for the funding, I'll say it's football and basketball as a remedial social tool. But I know deep in my heart, it's a remedial tool that Jesus Christ is going to use for them. So that's what I plan to do when I get home. Brilliant. Got it that you, you haven't found a, a lovely Irish girl. I can maybe put you in touch with a few people after, after the service. <laughs> we'll talk later. Um, guys, thank you so much. Um, absolutely fantastic. Really appreciate you coming down here and sharing those stories. Um, amazing just to hear um, ordinary people um, just following God, just like how Phil was, was um, talking earlier, and um, God using them to do, do amazing things. And I hope you find that inspiring. I hope you find that challenging. Um, just to reemphasize what Julie said, do come and see the, the mission stands. Um, I'll be there in the Open Doors Cafe. Please come and grab a free cup of tea and coffee. And um, there's, there's so much stuff that you can get involved with. So that's us. Back to Julie. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.